Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. And also joining us, uh, the lawn maintenance guys outside using the leaf blowers, which allows me to do a perfect get-off-my-lawn. It, it, the leaf blower may be the, one of the stupidest inventions ever. It's loud as can be. It's like a jet engine. And all it does is blow stuff from here to there. It'd be great if it picked it up. But it all just, it's doing is it blowing stuff it. around. It's just move. And by the way, when they finish blowing the stuff around, by the time they do go around and try to pick up the pile, the wind blows it all back into the places it was anyways. It's all stupid. It's a good, get off my lawn! It's a stupid invention. If you guys are new to our podcast, the Get Off My Lawn segment is where Paul rants, and there hasn't been one in a long time. Yeah, well, so. when, when these dopes are outside our window at 7.30 in the morning blowing leaves around. Yeah. I uh, don't know if I could find the Clint Eastwood sound clip yet, again, because it's lost. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. There you go. <laughs> Just pretend it's Clint. Yeah, except mine was much better. Whatever. Anyway, let's talk wrestling. Yeah, so well, let's talk some plugs first. I guess, if we have to. Yes. So if you guys want to support us, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash superkickingit. S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Also, superkickingit.com. If you're watch, watching us on YouTube right now, you want to listen to the audio, check out superkickingit.com. You can find all the audio platforms under the tab that says podcast. And also, if you're doing the opposite and watching on the audio platforms, you could find us on this YouTube channel, Wrestling News Co. Plus, we have a whole bunch of other reviews on this YouTube channel. Yep, we have a AEW live review that we performed on Wednesday night. Performed, uh, yes. <laughs> you've got your final battle uh, live review that you did on Friday, plus... Uh, TLC. TLC. A whole hour. And we're going to talk about all those things in a more condensed fashion today. Yes, we are. <laughs> But if you want to, <coughs> if you want to see the very long and unrestricted versions, unrestricted, uh, uncondensed, whatever. I'm very tired right now. It's like nine in the morning. It's not that early, I guess. No, it's not. Still, I got to be to work. So let's get talking. <laughs> well, let's start. Uh, we'll go in chronological order and talk about final battle, the final Ring of Honor event of the year, and uh, right off the bat. No Colt Cabana on uh, on commentary. Nope. He as... had a match, a very insanely short match. Yep. And then uh, that's it. That's that. Thus ends Colt Cabana's Ring of Honor tenure. Yeah, it was really quick and strange. Now, I don't know if anything happened at the TV tapings with him. Yeah. Because they did have a show the night after Final Battle, which I don't know anything about. Right. But I don't know if it was a house show or if it was a, t- or a set of TV tapings. I can't remember. It was TV taping. Yeah, so uh, there could have been something there where maybe he gave a farewell or something, but the news is out, apparently. Especially, I think my favorite part about him leaving is all the tweets from Ian saying how much he loved working with him. So, very heartfelt stuff. If you guys want to go and check out Ian's Twitter account, look at his past tweets about Colt. But then he made a joke and like said, Caprice is my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are great together. Caprice is awesome. So, yeah. I don't expect the commentary to miss a beat, but... Uh... Ian and Colt's 
chemistry was very good together and uh, definitely will be missed. It will be. And the three of them even had great chemistry together. Ian, Colton, Caprice. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's just Ian and Caprice, but they were doing commentary for this entire Final Battle show, and I loved it. And as I said, actually, in our AEW review, hearing commentary during this show reminded me how much I love commentary that doesn't focus and microanalyze the rules all the time and call attention to that, like AEW tends to do lately. They're constantly talking about who's tagged in, the refs, the rules, oh, count, count outs, you better get in there, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So to me, it was really nice just to listen to the commentary on Final Battle. They didn't <laughs> drive that into the ground, and I quite enjoyed it because it just felt, I don't know, easier to listen to. And you get to hear Caprice screaming. So. Which I love, so it was a win-win. Uh, speaking of the, the show, let's uh, start with uh, Vinny versus Taven. So great video package setting up the uh, betrayal uh, by, by Vinny. Vincent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in my live stream, you didn't see this part, but I was like, I'm going to call him Vince, Vinny on accident, and I kept doing that, but whatever. You know, there was a band in the 80s called the Vinny Vincent Invasion. Really? Yeah. It was Vinny a... Vincent sounds familiar, but not Vinci, Vinny Vincent. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> not Vinny Vincent a, Invasion. It was a spinoff of Kiss. It was Are you a... sure it wasn't just the Vinny Vincents? I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> not the Vinny Vincents. <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Um, I will make note of you said something interesting you said the video package was good but it didn't fully explain to you why all of a sudden Vinny slash vincent betrayed and like went against it it didn't give a great good enough i mean it set the backstory a little but it still didn't really give a a great reason to me to me it was there wasn't like this great you know betrayal by taven to make vincent betray him I didn't think. The thing is, I felt like you had to read between the lines a little bit and almost assume that Taven was so busy with his singles aspirations. And on commentary during the match, they kind of talked about that a little bit. Like, maybe Vinny slash Vincent kind of got annoyed. Taven forgot all about him and TK as much because he was doing his singles stuff and he was champ. And maybe that's when it started. Maybe there was a little jealousy, too. Yeah. Yeah, But also being left behind. I think that's basically it. Yeah, me too. But they didn't really spell that out. In the video package, I'll say that. Yeah, it would have been better if somewhere back in the day, you know, Taven said, you know, I, I'm not worried about the kingdom, I'm worried about me, or something like that, that they could have used in there. That would have, that would have helped it, yeah. the story along. But it's fine, because Taven's great, Vincent's great. Uh, it'll be, they even said it during the show, it'll be interesting to see where T.K. Orion falls. Yeah, it will be. I'd like to see him go with Vincent, just because. Yeah, they are good together. Yeah, they are. Um... The Vincent suplex of Taven on the concrete. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole match. It was crazy intense, and you could hear a loud thud. Yeah. Like, it was really loud. I'm not exaggerating when I said there, there's a legit thud you could hear. I do want to make note, there's lots of interesting kickouts in this. You know, uh, Vinny hit Red Rum on Taven, but he kicks out. And also, it was weird to hear cheers for Taven. Yeah. Because, you know, we're used to people kind of bashing his title run and booing him. Mm-hmm. But I always thought he was an underrated champion. Of course, I know I'm in the very slight minority. That's fine. Whatever. To You're each not his with own. me. I agree. With me? Yes. Oh. I like Taven as yeah. the champ. And I like Taven as, as the face of the company for a little while. Yeah, I, think, I liked it too. I, I think he's great on the mic and he's a good wrestler. 
But it was weird to hear other people cheering for him. Yeah. It was just, I'm not used to it. It was odd. But I liked it. It was cool. So then there was one weirdly timed sequence where I felt like they were both off and like almost waiting in the ring to do the next thing, Vinny and Taven together. I just thought it was just really mistimed. I can't really remember what exactly happened. But shortly after that weird time sequence, we had vincent kicking out of a climax which is a big deal and i like on commentary they kept making note of people who each of them had beaten with those moves and yet each other has kicked out of their big moves so or one of their big moves so but that was interesting uh and uh i thought it was also interesting that uh there was a surprise at the end as uh, bateman comes out and uh he's got a big v on his tape I like the speculation, does it mean five? Like five people are going to join, or does it just mean Vincent? Yeah, and if so, that means does that mean Vincent's going to lead a new faction kind of thing? Uh, you know, Bateman certainly fits with him. He, he does. Which makes me think T.K. Orion will go with Taven. But. Maybe so. I, I could see that. I also want to make note, because I didn't mention this on the live stream, I love the little nod to Misery. Oh, yeah. Because basically, Vincent brings out a block of wood, if you guys have seen Misery, she puts like a block of wood between his mm. legs and breaks one of his legs, I believe, right, with a bat or something or with a, a hammer. Sledgehammer. Yes, a hammer. So James Con. James Con? No. No, not James Con. Definitely not James Con. Oh no. See. Kathy Bates and I don't yeah, know who the other I'm guy is. Think... Suave dude, I don't know. Robert Duvall? No. Uh, not Robert Duvall. Oh well, we're gonna have to look that up. Continue. <laughs> Robert Redford? No, it definitely wasn't Robert Redford. Give me your give <laughs> anyway. me your phone while you're talking about the sequence. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, we're spending so much time trying to figure out who's in the movie. This doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, back to the whole misery thing. I loved it. So that they put the block of wood between his legs, and then they hit one of his legs with a chair. So very horror movie-esque, which fits, obviously, Vincent very perfectly, since he loves horror movies and he's always doing little nods. That's to... right. It is James Conn. It is? Yes. I didn't... Oh, my Whatever. gosh. Miss Movie Girl didn't even know. Whatever. <laughs> I still am Miss Movie over you. Yeah. Well, not in this case. <laughs> it's definitely not Robert Redford. No, it's <laughs> definitely not it's Robert Redford. I don't know. Um... It's a great movie, though, by the way. And I haven't seen it in years. So. And, and it was great, uh, Vinny, to, uh, again, because Vinny's so great with the horror movie stuff, that I would love for him to do more stuff like that, where, like... The he, Shining? Anything. Vincent's here. Yeah, any, but anything. Or, or here's Vincent, I should say. Or, or take off, sort of, make finishing moves, you know. Well, Red Rum. Yeah, exactly. More of, you want more of that, though. But something like Misery, like, which is an iconic scene out of mo yeah. a movie... He replicates it, you know, obviously. A little different. Yeah. But still, really awesome. I loved it. And I didn't even get to talk about that during the live stream, so there's an extra tidbit there if you yeah. watched my live stream. All right, let's go next to that piece of human garbage, Bully, <laughs> and uh, his match against Mark Haskins. Uh, good setup with this, with uh, Bully intimidating Haskins' wife, and, you know, he, he drills her. That didn't sound right. <laughs> oh, At the beginning of the match and takes her out. He takes her out with like a plywood with barbed wire attached to it. And he also hits uh, Mark Haskins with it as well. But uh, the important thing is it gets Vicky out the match. Yeah, yeah. Which is good because, I mean, she comes back later, which I think is awesome because it really helped out the match. But I like how a little while they had to go one-on-one, -on -one, Haskins had to hold his own. And I think my favorite part of the whole match 
really wasn't a sequence per se, but when Bully starts taunting Haskins with the mic and is like, I called your wife trash. I called, you know, I don't know if he called his kids. Yeah, I called your kids trash. Um, You're a bottom-feeding jobber. And then uh, Haskins takes the mic away and says, hit me, you. I can't say it on our PG podcast, but. uh, And also says F you. (laughs) Yeah, and then he, like, flicks him off right in his face. And Bully. Flips him off. (laughs) Flips. Flicks. We already had this discussion multiple episodes ago. Whatever. We're not rehashing this (laughs) argument here. It's not an argument. I'm just stating facts. Whatever. (laughs) So then, uh, even Bully looks a little taken aback. I kind of like that. He looks shocked. Yeah. I can't believe you just stood up to me and said that. Uh, I also like the visual of Haskins all cut up from the, the barbed wire. Uh, early in the match, and then... Oh, and then a bully wiping it on his face like war paint. Yeah, yeah. That was intense. And then uh, putting him through the barricade. Uh, I I like this match a lot. Me too. And you know what's funny is there's people online who didn't like it. Really? Yeah. They were like, oh, it went too long. People were like, it was garbage. I just don't know how they could think that. It moved the story along. And, you know, Bully Ray really put over Haskins here Mm. in terms of he made Haskins really likable here. And he was the true, really hated heel. So to me, it did everything that it set out to accomplish. To me, that means good match. I don't. I'm looking at your one piece of notes: chestnuts roasting on open fire. What, what, what are you <laughs> referring to there? Where she comes in with the cheese grater on his chestnuts. Oh. And then, and then <laughs> I didn't just make that up. They said it on commentary. Oh, okay. Like Ian was like chestnuts roasting on an yeah. open fire. Which, which it's by a the, terrible Ian impersonation. By the way, just a little thing, but the cheese grater was kind of not really near that area. <laughs> it was more like on the inside of his thigh. When she was working it over, that was kind of goofy. She was turning it on his thigh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I like that. <laughs> you just couldn't tell. <laughs> that is funny. It's kind of just randomly there. Just as we're still on an open fire, there's nothing to say what it means. Uh, Haskins does a double stomp, and after the referee had been taken out, Todd Sinclair runs in and counts. Good old Todd. He's always there for the save, because uh, since he had to come in and replace that other ref. I, yeah. You know, I did mention on the live stream that we were talking about our favorite refs, Red Shoes, Aubrey, mm-hmm. of course me, Rick Knox, I love him, but... So are the Young Bucks, that's why he does every match of theirs. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, people forget about Todd Sinclair. Truly an A+. plus. Sinclair's a, a great ref. Remember when he pretended to be electrocuted? That was so great. He sold that for like five minutes with PCO. He pretended to get shocked by like well, crazy. I like even more when we saw the old Ring of Honor and he had that terrible mustache. Oh yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> he is. He's he's a, a solid ref he for is. sure. Uh, Maria Manic makes her in-ring debut, and I'm torn on this because it was awesome that she looked good. But I'm not sure it was a great idea to have her completely dominate Angelina Love because who else is going to uh, challenge her? You know what I mean? Like, ha- why have her dominate one of the top stars in your division? We are on two different yeah. pages here. I know we are. Because, one, Angelina Love, you know, she wasn't champion for very long. No, she I She was know. champion. And also, you need a new pillar, a new face with Kelly Klein being gone. I don't agree with you at all. They have to establish Maria Manic as the next go-to person. I think she's going to win the belt soon. Well, then they're, they're, if I will agree with you if they're going to just turn around and have Maria Manic 
be a dominant champion for like a year. Which would be, and be good like, for the company. Be like undefeated. Yes. Because my point is, if Angelina Love is one of your top stars and she gets completely decimated, then you're basically saying Maria Manic is just far superior to the rest of the division. And so none of her matches should be competitive. Like, like she should be completely dominant then for a year where none of her ma- I mean, every one of her matches should last five minutes. I personally loved it. It was one of my favorite matches of the night. I thought she looked as powerful as she should have looked. And to me, I'm not worried about the rest of the division because they need to fix the division. I agree. To fix it, you've got to make somebody the face of it. And you've got to invest in talent. So, like, really, they don't really have many people left there. No. To invest in. Besides Sumi, which they've already put over quite a bit. Because yeah. she was champion, the first champion, for so long. So to me, Sumi doesn't need anything. She's already somewhat over and established. I feel like, keep building Manic, sign some other women. That's the key. Is they yeah. gotta sign some other women. But still have Manic as the face for a yeah. while. And obviously, she's not champ because Kelly really never lost it. So there's gotta be some kind of tournament or something right. to determine... Who's going to be the new champ? I don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, for all we know, we could have missed something uh, at those tapings that happened. I don't know. So I could be talking at a turn, and there could be developments that I don't even know about. But to me personally, I think that she's the way to go for the kind of immediate future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It didn't bother me. I don't disagree with that. I, I just... I don't know. I, 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 I would have been fine with her completely decimating somebody... But maybe not somebody that's already been a champion. That um, that's my only complaint about. It. But again, if they're gonna have her go on a run for a year where she beats everybody in like five minutes, yeah. I'm fine with that. She's super strong, and I don't know. I like her gimmick a lot. And you know, uh, another cool thing is Mandy kept trying to interfere, and I was like, okay, well they're gonna win because they're gonna mm-hmm. use heel tactics against Maria Manic. But I like how my expectations were wrong, and. <clears throat> Maria Manic was able to even destroy Mandy, too. So, to me, I, I just loved it. It yep. was a good way to build a character. Lots of character development there. Well, and they made her cocky. She stole a fan's scarf. She walked stole around Bob, the ring. Bobby Cruz's water. You know. <laughs> she was walking like she owned the place. That's what I loved. It was, like, so confident. Yeah. So, she dominated. She wins. And uh, we'll see if she goes on a dominant run Let's just in Ring of Honor. quickly talk about... <clears throat> We, we mentioned Cole Cabana being gone, but someone else who lost their match, who it's rumored that they're gone too, Shane Taylor. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> in our time watching Ring of Honor him really develop into a, t- a top-rate star, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Big loss, in my opinion. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it, it's a bad... Huge mistake to let him go. Bad week, you know, for what they're losing. Um People would argue, well, he's not a top star. I disagree. I feel like he was one of the most underrated guys in Ring of Honor. Well, and even if he's not a top, top star... He's an upper mid-card guy. Yeah. A steady you, guy. You, you can't lose all the depth in, in your uh, in your roster. So, you know, with, between him and Skrull and Colt, you know, it's... it's And, you know, obviously Kelly Klein a few weeks ago. That's some huge stars leaving. Yeah. It's a, quite an exodus, so... Yeah, I mean, they've they've got some talent there, but... Yeah, you know, they've got they've got to make a couple splashes. It would seem like too. Yeah, I'm upset about all that because Shane Taylor was so great. I, I love Dragon Lee. Very happy I for do. him, yeah. and th- that'll lead to some great matchups, I'm sure. But just you know, bummed out about Shane Taylor. He he could have 
been at the company for a lot longer. But who knows? I hope he lands somewhere where they appreciate him, where he's used. And uh, they were appreciating him at the end there in Ring of Honor. They let him be TV champ for, like, yeah. a really long time. I can't remember how many days they said that his reign was, but it was it was a while. And they let him have his own, like, promotion. Like, you know, I'm promoting myself. And so... And, of course, we've seen Shane Taylor here locally. He wrestles in Wildcat Wrestling on occasion. So Very nice guy. Yeah, he's a terrific guy. In we, real life. Uh, so, uh, good for him uh, if he's going to get something better for him. But uh, it's a big loss for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Big win, though, for Dragon Lee, which uh, is ironic because one half of the family wins a title and then later the other half would lose a title. But we'll get to that. Uh, quickly, my favorite match. The Briscoes versus Gresham and Lethal. I loved it. I even called it, at the time, my match of the weekend that includes TLC. You didn't agree with me, but uh, I just liked it. It had good story. It had solid wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, great character development with Gresham and Lethal using heel tactics. I liked that a lot. And Mark and Jay's family in the crowd. Yeah. I yeah. also enjoyed that. Every time they're in Baltimore, like, it, you know, half the crowd is, is related to the Briscoes. Yeah, I know. Um... Uh, I want to ask you this, your opinion on this. Does Jay Lethal work with the heelish stuff? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm having a hard time buying him as a heel. He's, he's been a heel in the past. I know. I know he has. But he's been so the face of the company for so long. And him and Gresham really work well together. Their reasoning makes sense to me. Right. Their reasoning is we've tried to go by the rules for right. so long. But we keep getting you know, the disadvantage because of that. Why not, if you can't beat them, join them? Right. Why follow the rules if everyone who doesn't follow the rules gets over and gets ahead? Yeah. So to me, that reasoning makes sense, even with his whole recent babyface persona. It's almost like a very sensical, sensible turn. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with all that. It's just, it's hard for me to see him... <clears throat> uh, you know, try and be a heel because he's been such a face for so long. But, you know, I mean, it happened with Hulk Hogan. It's, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like it's something that doesn't happen. We're both struggling here to get <laughs> We can't speak. Uh -huh. Clearing our throats, coughing all uh, over I'm the fine. place. <laughs> so, uh, basically, we've got new champs. Uh, I think that's kind of a big deal. And uh, it wasn't completely clean. I will point out that... Jay Lethal did hold Jay Briscoe's tights when he pinned him. Mm -hmm. So that's important to note because it still leaves the Briscoe's a little bit strong, not too damaged. And uh, I just, I liked it a lot. And we'll get a rematch, I'm sure, in the not-too-distant future. I'd love that. Oh, I, I do want to point out one of my favorite sequences in the match. Lethal doing a lethal injection with one hand. Oh, yeah. Off the ropes. Not two hands. Because he's got that cast or whatever it is right yeah and he yeah he was able to do that handspring you know basically off the one hand and yeah i mean that's what I'm talking yeah about, i know yeah. I, I i'm agreeing with you yeah um it it really it what it looked impressive and it was obviously great selling as well but we know he actually did break his arm so it, it's not just selling it, yeah it's legit i just couldn't even do a handspring with a with both my hands. So, no. to me, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Just like I'm impressed with Orange Cassidy using no hands when he dives outside the, the ring. Yeah. But, same thing here. I could <laughs> never do it. Ever. It's impressive to me. It is. So, let's go to the main event. Mm-hmm. PCO versus Roosh. 
And I liked it because they referenced one of my favorite days, Friday the 13th. At first they kept calling it the Friday the 13th Mayhem match, and then they said Massacre match. And basically what they, on commentary, said that meant was no rules, essentially. And we did see some crazy stuff with no rules in this match. We saw, I think my favorite part was the whole few sequences with the barricades. Roosh just, I believe it was Roosh, piling up the barricades, if <laughs> I remember correctly. And the thing that scares me was there's all these pointy ends on the bottom pointing upwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, if somebody goes through that, they're going to get, like, really hurt. A few minutes later, PCO gets tossed off the stage into the barricades with the sharp ends pointed up. Mm-hmm. I was like, no! <laughs> that was scary. It Nail-biting. Was. Yes. Yeah, you might have used a few expletives. I said, holy F, PCO went into that scary (laughs) pile. Uh, Of course, PCO took all sorts of crazy spots, as he always does. He also leg-dropped Roosh on top of the hearse, which there was a hearse there, by the way, guys. (laughs) And that was a big part of the match, actually. In fact... Destro came in at one point when PCO was struggling, Mm -hmm. and he couldn't get the stupid hood of the car open. (laughs) So basically, they took the grill off. I don't know if that's what was supposed to happen, but took the grill off and... and Charged him up that way. (laughs) Yeah, using little... uh, What are those called? Jumper cables? Jumper cables. I couldn't remember. (laughs) I am not into cars. (laughs) Well, neither am I, but that's that's basic knowledge. (laughs) I'm tired, even though it's not that early anymore, but... Yeah. You're going to be dragging at work if this is the case. Yeah. Uh, we we both love when Ian and Caprice were yelling. <laughs> they were so into this match. Both Ian and Caprice were, like, matching each other's yells. Yeah. It was great. Rouge takes out Destro, slams him into the barricades, toss him in the audience. Then a surprise choke slam by PCO. PCO then goes through a table into Rouge. PCO Salt, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's how he wins. Yep, the oldest and, man. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the interesting stats that came out of this, that he's the oldest man to win the ROH world title. And then I like how they followed that up and said, well, age is but a number. This is true. I, I can attest to that. On my live stream said that I like this move because I feel like PCO can do more press mm-hmm. than Rouge can. And so right now, with all the negativity surrounding Ring of Honor, they need somebody to speak about the company in a positive light. Somebody to promote the company. And PCO can do that. And he's super over with the crowd. Right. So other people might not like the decision, but if you think about it from that perspective, it makes logical sense for the company. Yeah, and, and look, Rouge did a good job with the title. He'll probably get it back. He was great in that video package that... Saying, you know, even monsters die. I love that video package. So, uh, Roosh, I think it's been a great champ, but you're right. I think PCO, especially as you're building towards one of your big events, uh, you know, Supercard of Honor or whatever it'll be called. Um, Because it was obviously G1 Supercard this past year. It's obviously not. It's going to, I guess, return to Supercard of Honor. And probably be back in Lakeland, I would guess. I would guess. (laughs) I would hope we get to go. We'll see. We will see. But I will make note of, you know, with Marty gone, PCO is like the next logical choice because he's, to me, the second most popular guy in your roster. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it makes sense. I know other people were upset that the Roosh title reign was a little too short. But like I said on my stream, I think he's going to get another shot at the title and probably another reign. And who knows, maybe the second reign will be a little longer. Let's uh, move on to Sunday night and TLC. And we should say... We really did want to get to Saturday's NWA Into the Fire. We really did. Just ran out of time uh, with it being such a busy weekend. Um, 
not to mention us going to Snoop Dogg on Tuesday. So yeah, uh, time, we only spent like an hour and a half out for that. Yeah, time so. time kind of got away this this week for sure. Uh, but TLC started. I think we said this on the live stream. I, I thought the show's bookends were probably the best part of the show. Me too. Other than maybe Buddy and Alistair. But, uh, Both tag team matches that bookended the show. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, which is an interesting thing too, right? Yeah, it is interesting because AEW places so much emphasis on tag team wrestling. Traditionally, WWE has been not as passionate about their tag team division but i feel like the tag team shined during tlc which is unusual yeah i mean look the 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 tlc match between the revival and the new day was fantastic i thought we had trouble you and i on our live stream talking about which one we actually picked to be match of the night but because the women really put themselves through a lot and because we now know that Kyrie sane suffered a concussion essentially but still kept going mostly i feel like that match should get the leg up a little bit. And also because there's one flaw, just one flaw, this match would be perfect and probably would be my match of the night if it hadn't been for this big flaw. So at the end of the tag team match with New Day versus Revival, you know, Kofi's about to climb the ladder, and I can't remember if it's Dawson or Dash, but one of the members of the Revival was opposite him on the ladder, and Kofi uses the titles hanging on that bar to knock him off. But the shot that they took... In the director's booth, you could see that it didn't connect. And so uh, the Revival guy falls over, yeah. and that's when Kofi wins. So to right. me, that spot looked terrible, and that's the spot that led to the finish. Yeah, but uh, strictly, it, was, it wasn't it was a bad spot by the wrestlers. It was just a bad camera angle. Well, yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, but but to me, like it hurt the, the match for me personally. And if you guys didn't think it was that big of a deal, that's fine. I just... I had trouble accepting that part. It's like the match was so well done and well executed, and then that one part you could tell it just did not connect. So it took away f- from it for me. Uh, I thought the the spot of the match was uh, Dawson suplexing Biggie onto the barricade, and then Dash Wilder again. You know, they they used to say no no flips just fists, but they certainly can fly because Dash Wilder. Got some hype on the splash, yeah. uh, going through Big E and going through the barricade. I think that was the signature moment of the match. That was, but a close second to me, his spear to the outside. I really thought that looked really well done, and I loved it. And I used that for our thumbnail for our live review. Right. Get off my lawn, they're back! <laughs> yeah. Get off yeah. our lawn! Well, now, now it's the lawn mower this time, so... Damn which, it. Which is weird, we decided to tape on Thursday morning. They usually do it on Friday. They usually are here Friday what the morning. Hell? I, so what are they doing? They just wanted to be a part of Two Face Wrestling Talk. Uh, you know, I hate much, them. Much, much like Jackson likes to pop in. Uh, I like Jackson. <laughs> I don't mind him interfering. Every everybody wants to be a part of Two Face Wrestling Talk. Yeah, I guess. Well, he only has a couple of passes, and they'll be gone. The other great spot I thought was the big ending by Big E off the ladder. Oh I, yeah. So I thought Big E really shined in this. He I, did, but Kofi had some cool spots too. Yeah, I agree. So, great way to start the uh, show, I thought. Very great way to start the show. And then we had another awesome match right afterwards. Buddy Murphy versus Aleister Black. Both guys kind of really dominant leading into this match. So, it was kind of up in the air who was going to end up winning. Yeah. And uh, Aleister Black comes out with the win, which I think is good for him. But, you know, where does Buddy Mur- Murphy go from here? Yeah, we were kind of torn on who should get the win on this. You know, because they're both trending upwards. I mean... Both of these guys should get title runs at some point. Uh, certainly, Alistair has had a title back in NXT. Yeah. Uh, and Buddy's been fantastic. I mean, Buddy's stock just keeps rising. So At the beginning, right away, you've got a great visual in the match where they're 
sitting just like Alistair Black's pose across mm-hmm. from each other, both doing the Black pose. And I really thought that was great. Like, Murphy's like, I'm going to step to you. Yep. I'm going to raise up to your level, and you're not going to get past me. And I'm going to mock you. Also impressive that uh, Alistair Black sustained what seemed to be a broken nose. Yeah. And didn't miss a beat in this match. I like how King was so, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. driving it home that it's broken. You guys are not talking about yeah. it. Well, because Samoa Joe kept talking about his jaw, and King was like, his nose is broken. Can you guys see that? <laughs> uh, I, I also, I have said this before, Alistair Black is so quick with the feet and the black mask and everything. Uh, he's just visually awesome to watch, I think. And, you know, so I, I thought this was a fantastic match. The sequence leading into Black's black mask was amazing. They just tried to kick and strike each other, and then they kept countering and moving out of the way. And it was just such a great well-done sequence that just flowed. And then that's what eventually led to Black getting the actual hit of Black Mass on Buddy Murphy for the win, which is a huge win for him. Uh, Then we got what you thought was a perplexing decision in the Rusev-Lashley match. Uh, Rusev clearly over, which was the payoff uh, of all the the months of ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But then Lashley gets the win in the match, which you didn't like. I didn't like it, and a lot of other people didn't like it. You know, why bring Rusev back just to lose? That's what some people were saying in our live chat. I thought that was a good comment. But also, my take on it is, why does this always happen to Rusev? Yeah. He is built up and gets really over and really popular all of a sudden just to lose a really big match that he's put in. Like, I can think of so many instances throughout his recent history with WWE that this has happened. I mean, you get Rusev Day over, then you squash his momentum. You get this over, which is kind of talking about Rusev Day again, but you know people are behind him because the whole Lana betrayal angle, and then you squash that by having him lose. Right. Uh, I'm kind of taking a different angle on this, and obviously I jumped ahead in the show a little bit because of uh, Rusev's... Uh, Interview, so that's why I went to that. Well, plus, okay. we're, we don't have to plus go we're just going to skip. We, we, you know, we're Cor- going really long here. Corbin getting the win and Fiend getting the win. But back to the Lashley thing, the reason I don't have a problem with it is you already got the payoff of Rusev, you know, getting even more over with the crowd. But I thought Lashley kind of did need a pay per view win. Uh, so I thought that was actually not, not a bad payoff. Uh, I, I just. I disagree. I, I, I would have been more happy with Rusev winning. It just felt like all roads led to that conclusion, but it didn't. I, I will say one great visual was uh, all the cuts and uh, welts on Rusev's back from yeah. the kendo stick. That I was mean, Lashley looking. wore him out. Yes. Uh, to the main event, Kabuki Warriors versus Becky and Charlotte, which we are deeming the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would say Black Murphy... New Day Revival and Kabuki Warriors, Becky Charlotte, were all pretty close. I yeah, mean, they I, were. I, I don't think there was a heads and tails match that was match yeah, of the night. it didn't run but away. Those, with those it. were clearly the top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I love the Kabuki Warriors. I love the gimmick. I love, you know, I love Asuka when she gets defiant and starts yelling out in Japanese all yeah, I angrily. Like that. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, Becky and Charlotte worked well together. Obviously, they, they're longtime, you know, friends. Even though they hate each other on screen but yeah uh, they work well together they really do and the chemistry was definitely there i i like so many parts of this match and including the finish was great and let's uh, back up because there's one point where 
Becky gets tied to a ladder. Yeah. Kairi Singh does this awesome looking knot. And I like how right away I was thinking, okay, sailing right. background. And then they did mention that on commentary. And it was way better of a knot and a rope job than we go backwards to AEW when Tully was <laughs> tied up terribly. The, the worst t- rope job maybe last ever. Last <laughs> week. Yeah, it was horrible. So it's funny, her rope tying was so much better than that. At least it, it it lasted through the match. It worked, and it was a big part of the finish. Actually, that knot that she tied. Yeah, because uh, after Oscar had power bombed Charlotte through the table, effectively taking Charlotte <clears throat> out of the match, Becky was getting the chance to go up the ladder, and the the rope was still tied to the ladder, and Oscar pulls the ladder and from pulls, outside the ring, right, and pulls Becky off, and so Oscar and Kyrie Saint, which by the way you mentioned, you know, Saint basically wasn't even in the match the last five minutes or so because. Uh, as we later learned, that she may sustained a concussion. You could kind of tell something was amiss. Like, in some parts of the match, she was wobbly and didn't mm. have her balance. So I knew something was off. But she kept going. And, like, all the women in the match tweeted, including Becky and Charlotte, who were her opponents, you know, how much of a warrior she was. Mm-hmm. And just compliments for Kyrie afterwards. And lots of people in the wrestling world tweeting out their well wishes for Kyrie afterwards, including Will Ospreay. Uh, I thought... The only thing that that sucked about this was the Kabuki Warriors don't get the payoff of you know their music playing as the show ends because they had to have the ridiculous Corbin Reigns fight with the whole locker room spill out. And I, you know, I just didn't think that was necessary, and I th- thought it took away from the moment for the Kabuki Warriors. I agree. I didn't like it at all. Uh, let's quickly turn the the page to Raw. Uh, so we got the ridiculous Lana Lashley, where Lana told Lashley that she wanted him to propose to her. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, she's like, do it as we rehearsed and all that. <laughs> uh, which, obviously, King had a field day with. But like, He kept talking about it, even, like, at the end of Raw. Yeah. Like, for a long time, he kept talking about it. Uh, I thought the uh, Seth Rollins speech at the beginning was pretty good. I thought the gauntlet match was really good, except the ending made no sense. So Andrade yeah. takes out Carrillo on the floor... Could have just called, crawled back in the ring for the 10 count. Instead, he just walks away. Walks out of the arena. Yeah. And then Seth Rollins just gets to challenge Rey Mysterio for the title. So what was the point of the gauntlet match? I don't if know. Seth Rollins can just go, I'm challenging you. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it was a pretty good gauntlet match. They let it go. I, I think it went about 30, 40 minutes. So, you know, it, it went for a while. But, yeah, just to have... Him. Some, good, some good matches, but... You know, the result kind of hurt it a bit. Right, right. So, yeah, exactly. Then we've got Styles Orton. Yep, uh, ending the show. Styles was just uh, working on Orton. and But at the end, AJ Styles was going to hit a phenomenal forearm. And Orton was clearly going to hit an RKO. But they kind of, like, AJ kind of, like, the timing was off. And so he started to kind of step down. And then he went back up to do it again. So it kind of looked weird, like, okay, you know he's going to hit an RKO on you. Why would you go back up? I don't know. know. I mean, I get that it was a botch, sort of, but it was just weird that, in in logical thinking, why would AJ Styles go go right back up to the top of the rope when he knows he's going to get an RKO? These these guys just won't leave us alone. These blowers. I can't take them. I'm going to go and RKO them. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could. I'm sure they're worried. Um, uh, and <laughs> out of nowhere, the show ended with uh, OC and uh, and uh, the Viking Raiders mixing it up, and uh, so they're going to keep that storyline going as well. Yep. 
Uh, let's quickly get to Wednesday night and AEW versus NXT. Both put on great shows. Both started strong. Uh, AEW with the Lucha Brothers versus uh, Kenny and Hangman. I thought great match and great to uh, continue the storyline of uh, where's where's Hangman Page's head at. But we still don't really know an answer. We do not. Because, you know, Kenny goes backstage to try to save his friend who Pac is going after because, you know, Pac wants his rematch. His mm-hmm. rubber match, yes. as he says in a different <laughs> accent. I love that. Give me my rubber match. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's good. That is terrible. <laughs> anyway. I don't even know what that is. It's certainly not even English. I don't even know what, what that is. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he said that at one point, And so he's wreaking havoc because he's not getting that. So, uh, basically, Kenny goes backstage trying to save his friend. Uh, then he's starting to get beat up by the Lucha Brothers backstage. Then Hangman Page actually comes and helps him out. But at the end of the show, right. when Young Bucks are getting beat up, Kenny Omega and comes out to help, but Hangman Page wasn't there then. No. So where does he stand? We're all confused, we're all mixed up, but uh, it's playing out quite interestingly. And we, I speculated that he was going to be part of the dark, dark Order at the end, like mm-hmm. he was going to be one of the guys in the mask, but he wasn't. Uh, Cody... And Darby Allen worked well together, I thought, as a tag team. As Darby Allen said, he would uh, pair with Cody against Butcher and the Blade. And if uh, if he did, he wanted a, ch- a chance down the road for a rematch of their uh, great match from Fighter Fest, or yeah, Fighter Fest, uh, which went to uh, a, a time limit draw. I'm so, sure it was Fighter Fest. I'm pretty sure it was. I can't remember, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was a wonderful match. I can't wait to see them square up again. Yeah. Although, uh, the one thing you thought was funny is that Cody didn't hit crossroads. He hit a Cody cutter to finish the match. I did think match. that was interesting. Are they trying to build that, that up as a secondary finisher because people are making fun of the crossroads so much? You know, other people are using it just to mock Cody. So maybe Cody's trying to establish something else. I do think it's funny. Uh, using a cutter. DDP is like his mentor. DDP right. uses a cutter. Right. Randy Orton uses a cutter. That has nothing to do with Cody, but DDP definitely does. So I thought that maybe that's come, I can't speak. Maybe that's some kind of nod to to DDP. Could be. Who unfortunately is getting a divorce. Oh. It's sad. He tweeted that out. Um by the way, I just want to tease something real quick, if okay. you don't mind. I'm gonna put out I'm doing this new either or series. So my first one's gonna be about and the whole premise is to pick between things I love. And when I release them on Wrestling News Co.'s YouTube channel, it's all going to be wrestling-themed. So my first one's going to be either or. I have to choose between Keith Lee or Matt Riddle. I love both, but it doesn't matter if I love both. I must choose one and explain why. So I put out a poll. The vote was very one-sided. I'll just get that. <laughs> but uh, you'll hear about that later. But I am going to do which move do you like better. The Diamond Cutter. Or the RKO. Yeah, and it, you know, we know it's the same move, but the whole thing <laughs> is they each have very different presentations. Each are very iconic in different ways. So to me, I want to know which move people really like better. And yes, I love them both, but I must choose one over the other, and it'll be hard. It will be. Yes. Uh, again, for our full AEW review, make sure you go to uh, Wrestling News Co. Uh, the the live post show that we did for much more in depth. Uh, we'll hit a couple other topics, though, here. Jungle Boy versus Jericho. Uh, I thought, I predicted that Jungle Boy was going to tap out with, like, two seconds left so that Jericho could say, you didn't last the full ten minutes. It was actually the opposite. Jungle Boy sur- sur- survives. 
easy for me to say. It's okay, I can't uh, talk at all. Survives being in the walls of Jericho past the 10 minutes, and then Jericho wants five more minutes, but then decides to walk away, <laughs> so... I kind of like that, though. Yep. Totally healed temper tantrum. Yep. And, and that, it works for Jericho. And, of course, he came back and uh, restated his uh, invitation to Moxley to join the inner circle, and we'll find out on January 1st. He says he's got a big surprise <laughs> yeah. for Moxley if he decides to join, and then that will all happen on January 1st. Let's jump ahead to uh, SCU and the Young Bucks. Uh, they've met so many times. Uh, this one... Not as good, not as in-depth, I guess you would say, but still really, still really great match. Awesome match. For not being their best, I mean, they've met up so many times. Right. I mean, they've got a long history. I really love the video package leading into the match, mm-hmm. too, because that added a lot to it. I was wondering if they were going to mention their friendship with SCU, and they did in the video package. They said, you know, we're even having them over for Christmas dinner. But, you know, when we win those titles back, hopefully they don't feel too awkward with us displaying those titles <laughs> during dinner. I-, I love that a lot. Of course, that result did not happen, but really cool. And then we got a post-match beatdown. Not by SCU on the Young Bucks, but by Dark Order on the Young Bucks. Yeah, and we mentioned on the on the show la- on Wednesday night uh, that, you know, some of these matches on Dynamite are not, you know, what we expect out of AEW because they can't do all of that on Dynamite. you got to save some yeah. stuff for the pay-per-view. So, yeah, the Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful had a fantastic, you know, top quality match last week. This one was a good match, but not... Not as, the same quality. Not, yeah, and not the greatness that we've seen between SCU and Young Bucks. But I thought Scorpio Sky really shined again. He did really shine. And, you know, it's funny, but I will say, you know, when I watch NXT, it doesn't feel like they're holding back in their matches, like, for a takeover. Sometimes, like, their matches feel, like, really high quality. Yeah, yeah. To the highest of their ability. Not all the time, but... Right. But, uh, you know, I hardly ever feel like, oh, they must be saving this for right. TakeOver. I hardly ever feel that way. I don't know. I'm not putting down AEW. You guys know I love AEW. Right, right. No, I I, I think we just know from... Ring of Honor and other Well, and even like All In and stuff like that, what, they, what they'll do. And look, WWE, I think would, uh, you would say the same thing, that they don't do as much on Raw as they do on their pay-per-view. Of course. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's to be expected. Uh, yeah, if you're comparing it to Raw, but like if you're comparing it to NXT, right. I don't feel like it's as much the same. Yeah, I, I, I think I would agree with you there. Uh, like you said, Dark Order came in at the end. Uh, definitely starting to get a reaction, Dark Order. Yeah, and I got someone, you know, <laughs> my good friend tweeting me that, I'm st- bless you, you're still behind Dark Order, but there's still crickets when they come out. I disagree. I think they're getting a reaction now. Yeah, they totally are. I- yeah, it says, gosh, bless you, super kicking it. You're still holding strong for the Dark Order. <laughs> the video vignettes were good, but I still think it's a terrible in-ring gimmick. I'll admit they had a better showing tonight. Just don't see any money in it. They keep getting cricket reactions, and that's from at L-J-G-Y. And I appreciate your opinion, and I respect it. But, but I disagree with it because... I, I think they're definitely starting to get a reaction. <laughs> I think these vignettes are helping so much. Mm-hmm. And I love the post-match beatdown tonight. I love the chanting that ended the show. I thought it was powerful. But I will say, you know, yes, they had the initiation for the, the two guys that I've already forgotten what, what their names mm-hmm. are. The Beaver Boys. Um, they do... If, if, if they're going to be like this huge faction... You know, going back to my thought a few minutes ago, if, like, Hangman Page was part of them, 
that would really you know, if 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 they could put a big name with them, mm-hmm. I think that would really get the gimmick over. It's like if somebody went to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I was. It's funny. Before we started, I was wearing my dark side uh, Star Wars sweatshirt, but it was too thin, so I changed to a thicker <laughs> sweatshirt. But that that's funny. It says dark side on it. So that's funny. Apropos. Will, yes. Uh, I will say, uh, I don't see Hangman Page being the one to join, no. but a big name, another big name I could see. I just I just don't agree with the comment. I think it's getting more over. I think they're working hard to make that gimmick relevant. It was a weird gimmick at first, but I knew to be patient because I know that their in-ring abilities are so good from seeing them as the Super Smash Brothers. I had no worry that they were going to somehow get over, whether that be just showing what they could do in-ring or somehow getting the gimmick over. And I think they're surprising everyone by somehow getting the gimmick over. Uh, you know, it was an extreme angle at the end of the show, I think, for them to be so dominant over the Young Bucks. And you see Evil Uno reaching his hand into Nick's mouth that's all <laughs> bloody and, like, holding it up. To me, that was really striking visual to end the show with. So, uh, I liked it. It was, it was. Uh, NXT, they started with strength and ended with strength with two title matches. Uh, they start the show with Balor and Cole, and really they had Adam Cole dominate early on before Balor kind of turned the tables a little bit, and then you 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 felt like after Balor hit the coup de, de gras that he might get the win, but he's distracted by Johnny Gargano being at the top of the stage. Cole hits a low blow and a last shot, and Cole retains. Uh, and then Gargano, like then Gargano... Makes his intentions known. Yeah, I like this a lot because <clears throat> it, it it explains why Balor wouldn't win. Right. You can't. And, you know, I was thinking he had to win here. I was like, how, how are they going to have him come back and be a prominent person in the promotion if they're just going to have him lose to Cole? But this wasn't clean. It really helped with the distraction by Gargano. And then Gargano attacks uh, Balor with a chair, so obviously setting something up between the two of them. Uh, Damian Priest, Killian Dane was a really good match. Uh Cameron Grimes, who I'm bigger eh, and bigger on, whatever beats Kushida, which you were uh, obviously disappointed because you don't like yeah. Cameron Grimes, but also... Because I love Kushida. Yeah, and you don't like his gear either. I don't. I want to go back to the orange vest and the white pants. There's colors everywhere. It's not Kushida that I know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cameron Grimes' uh, cave-in stop. I'm a big fan of that finish, but could be dangerous if uh, if the feet slip off a sweaty chest and... Those feet go up into somebody's jaw or something. He does get insane air when he does that move. Is, I will say that. It's, it's crazy. A, it's a cool finish. I like it. It is a cool finish. And I will say, he was practicing or whatever, warming up before the match, and they showed him doing it like in midair. Like, I sort of saying, he got like insane height. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you, as the night went along, uh, were running out of gas. So you decided I, to take a nap so that you could uh, watch. Yeah, but ba- I barely could watch it. I'm so Baszler tired. and Ripley, but... While you napped, you missed what what could have been he, the match of the night. Really? Uh, Pete Dunne and, and uh, Trevor Banks. Was, Travis Banks. Travis Banks. What did I say? Oh, I Trevor. Said Trevor. Yes, Travis Banks. Uh, phenomenal match. Really good match. Kind of setting the stage for uh, Worlds Collide Royal Rumble weekend. But, the, uh, you know, if you want to, I mean, I think all of NXT was worth checking out. But uh, definitely, that was kind of a sleeper match right before Baszler and Ripley, and it was Sleeper great. match, yeah. and I was asleep. You were. <laughs> and I really tried to wake up for the main event, and I saw some parts of it, but my eyes were so heavy. It was like 
the most painful thing to try to keep them open. Yeah, but Baszler and Ripley was fantastic, and, and I liked the initial thing early where Ripley looks like she's going to punch Baszler, and Baszler falls back onto the mat in fear. In fear. Yeah. yeah, like she looked legit scared. Yeah, I thought you know, that was great. they tried to play it off in commentary, like, well, maybe she respects her. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think that was a look of respect, really, or like awe. I think it was a look of fear and being scared. Uh, the horsewomen uh, heavily involved in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't matter. No, and they eventually got ejected. But, they, you know, the story of this match was uh, Baszler working Ripley's arm. Yeah. And then they had the one cool move where they ran her arm through the post, and that looked really awesome, I thought. Uh, Baszler would hit a DDT onto a chair and get a near fall. And, and when she didn't get the win there, I think everybody knew that Ripley was going to win. But it's still, you know... You know, Baszler hit put the Caribou clutch and on her, and she nearly passed out. Ripley. Right, right. So, but yeah, like gets I, out of it. Like I, I thought she was gonna pass out, but then she, you know, grabs reached, the ref, grabs the ref in defiance. That was great because, like, she did it so powerfully too. Like, mm, I'm not down now <laughs> yet. Uh, Ripley would stop Baszler and then hit an avalanche riptide to win the title. Uh, we speculated that this would probably happen that. Uh, Ripley would be the one to knock off Baszler. It makes sense. So now, what do they do with Baszler? I'm sure she might get a rematch at some point, but I, I, I have I, a feeling she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. That would be great, but I want to see her off of TV for a while, like off of NXT. She's recovering from her loss. Like, she's so mentally anguished because right. she actually somehow lost. I'd like to see them go that storyline. She could have vignettes or promos, uh, anything but I, i'd like to see her not do many matches until something big like maybe the royal rumble like you said yeah that make, would make sense make an appearance me. and make a you know a huge splash like i i could see her being like one of the last three people or whatever yeah I, you know so and who knows maybe even win because i i think now i think now she's gonna go to either raw or smackdown yeah. at some point here she's had her run much like oscar's run through nxt and you time. know what sucks though is when she had the triple threat the crowd was so silent. It was like crickets. Yeah. So it's like, is that foreshadowing what's it going to be like for her on the main roster? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Um, The question will be, and I said it during this match, are the horsewomen ever going to be their own thing or are they always just going to be Baszler's sidekicks? Yeah, uh, that's I'd like to see them working more and becoming a a tag team or something. And I don't I mean, because I don't think you bring the whole faction over to Raw or SmackDown. I think it's just going to be Baszler. So then what do you do with them? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, only time will tell. So a fun weekend and week of wrestling. Really busy week. Uh, yeah. And of course, it's a busy week because uh, the holidays are here. Yeah. And that means Home Alone, of course. Home Alone. And when we come back, we've done the recasting or having Kevin's help. Now we're going to recast the wet slash sticky bandits. Yeah, we basically had wrestlers as good guys in our last scenario. Now we want wrestlers cast as the bad guys in this scenario this week. So stay tuned. That's coming up next. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. 
You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year! That's right, we're talking Home Alone for the second straight week, but this time, instead of casting wrestlers to help Kevin, we're gonna recast wrestlers as Marvin Harry, who will be going against poor Kevin McAllister. So, we had lots of great answers from our listeners and viewers. Can't wait to get to those, but uh, I got a pretty pretty good answer myself okay so do you want to do it now or you want to wait till the end i don't know let's do it now okay you're not ready are you i'm ready you're ready yeah Yeah. so me first or you sure all right so i pick at first i was going to choose the briscoes but i just picked them to help out kevin last week and even though mark would be the perfect marv and jay would be more than a great harry but way more hardcore Harry. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, I'm not going to go with them. And somebody else ended up saying them, one of our listeners. And I'll get to the reasons why they chose them later. But so instead of that, I thought, okay, well, first choice, if we're going with a team, Edge and Christian. Funny guys, they would be super entertaining no matter what. I think they'd be the perfect wet bandits to go against Kevin. And then my second set of choices, Sammy Callahan would be... Why are you looking at my list? I'm just looking. Sammy Callahan would be Harry... Super mean and brutal, but could do funny stuff, too. And then I've got multiple choices for his partner. So first I picked his partner could be Kurt Angle. Of course, we're talking about old-school funny Kurt Angle with a little cowboy hat. Would be bumbling around. That would be the perfect Marv. Or if I had to pick someone current, Cole Cabana. I think would be a perfect Marv. Very out there, zany, wacky. And he, he, he almost seems like a good guy. That's the thing about Marv. He seems like he's a legit good guy deep down, but... He's gone over to the bad side with the influence of flipping Sammy Callahan <laughs> slash Harry. It's good. What about you? All right. So I, I'm taking two approaches. On the first approach, I'm going to follow the family guy approach of Home Alone uh, with competent criminals. Okay. <laughs> so my first recasting is going to be criminals that wouldn't be outsmarted by Kevin and mm-hmm. and would defeat him easily. And so... Uh, I've chosen MJF because he would just completely demoralize Kevin by right. by just abusing him verbally. That's horrible. And then uh, Aaron Stevens because he's, he's too smart. He wouldn't fall for anything. But he's also funny, so he'd work in the Marv role sure. very well. Yes. So those are my competent criminals. If you're going to go with buffoons, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, R-Truth because he's always messing things up. Yeah. And uh, Mike Canales because he couldn't do anything right. <laughs> so, that's pretty good so at least in this current storyline he was with with his wife yes that goes along those yes. lines yeah yes. i like it good job paul very creative I, I, you actually gave two sets of answers you I, never do that i literally just came up with the mike canales 30 seconds before we started recording that's how i know you told me 30 seconds before we started recording that you didn't have any idea what to say i, I had the, <laughs> so i had the competent guys so i just didn't have the incompetent guys but that's some good choices that shows my true genius that with the, uh, 30 <sighs> seconds of recording, I can come up with I an answer. I should never compliment your choices. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what some of the other people had to say. Uh, we'll start with at Heels and Quads, Roddy Piper and Terry Funk, both with acting experience and terrific heels. I think that's a great choice. And they, uh, Roddy would break a coconut over Kevin McAllister's head. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. 
And Terry Funk would hit him with, with barbed, barbed wire. wire. <laughs> yeah, and he'd be, poor Kevin would be bleeding everywhere. Yes. It wouldn't just be like a slippery gun. They mm-hmm. would actually use legit yeah. weapons, and so Kevin would be running. Yes. I don't think it would have a happy ending like the actual movie does no. with those guys. No, I want the evil ending. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Let's go to at Metal Mixel. Drake Maverick as Harry and Our Truth as Marv. So kind of going with yeah. the choice that you went with. They have a great sense for comedy and had some fun moments this year with the 24-7 title. I like that. Yeah. Drake Maverick's a good answer there. But Drake Maverick isn't really, like, imposing. Like, like to me, the thing about Harry or Joe Pesci's character is he's menacing but also bumbling and also funny. So I feel like Drake Maverick isn't menacing at all. That's why I picked Simi Callahan. He's menacing and he's kind of scary. But he's not funny. He could be. He's not funny. He could be funny. Not, not, he likes pop culture. He could work. I'm not sure Sammy Callahan could be funny, but we'll see. He spits and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That. And so, like, fresh, fresh. Can you just imagine him? Because the whole thing, and Joe Pesci doesn't curse in the movie. He just, like, says all these random weird words, like, fresh, 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 fresh. Just imagine Sammy Callahan being, like, fresh, 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 and, like, trying to swing his bat and missing everywhere. Like, so it's, it's not that he's inherently funny. It's just that the things he does that wouldn't work would be funny. Okay. Whatever. It would work. <laughs> you, you're hating on my answer? I'm not hating. Just anyway. gotta play devil's advocate. I thought you'd like my answer. I do. At Sensei underscore Dave Bear, uh, you'd need a tag team that has one serious member, Harry, and one goofy member, Marv. So I'd go with the Attitude Error with a team of Hardcore and Crash Holly. That's a good one. It's I wonderful. Like and this one's even better. <laughs> and Steve Black or Steve Blackman and Al Snow. That one's the best, I think. <laughs> Al Snow would be a perfect Marv. Yes. But who is head? gonna be just some random extra third character that doesn't exist <laughs> redefine the role of That's marv right. <laughs> head exists in that home alone universe i like it at darth rame yes enzo and big cast would work well on so many levels even their detractors would enjoy seeing them go through all those traps so people would actually like to see enzo and Cass get knocked off the second floor by paint cans yeah or enzo burning his hand on the doorknob <laughs> yes he'd be like <laughs> I like it a lot. Or uh, people throwing bricks at Cass's head. Yeah, that too. Suck brick, Cass! <laughs> Except that's, that's Marv who says that, but whatever. I just wanted to say the line. Uh, at Wade Ilson, uh, heavy machinery. Imagine Otis calling calling for Tucky after taking a pay can to the face. Comedy gold. I like it. <laughs> They're funny in any instance, so they would work. Yes. At double AUB, the OC. Gallows and Anderson are really funny people. I think they would do well. I think so too. At Real Effing Games says LAX, Santana, and Ortiz because they honestly fit the mold. They look like perfect Marvin Harry. I don't really see it, but <laughs> that's fine. Which, which one's Marvin? Which one's Harry? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> One, you know, Harry's so much shorter than Marv. Yeah. So, and physical wise, I don't think LAX and Santana. Well, Santana is taller than Ortiz, I guess. I guess that works. Yeah. You're just talking about height alone. I don't know. None of them are any other kind of <laughs> physical representation like Marvin Harry, I don't think. Uh, at JML1323, the Dudley boys, Devon, get that kid. They'd be hilarious, especially if Bubba brought back the stutter. Devon, get that kid instead of get the tables. You get, get it? Yeah, I did get it. Well, you didn't say it I like it. I did kind of say it like that. <laughs> no, you did Yes, I did. All right, so this is where Nate took kind of my idea at Psycho Nigiri. He said, I got to go the Briscoes. They're badass, can sell, intimidating, but they can be funny, and we'll put Kevin over big time. I like that a lot. Like I said, Mark is perfect because he's over the top and hilarious. Then we've got at 
IN Brightest Day X, and he put a GIF of best friends. And that is legit probably one of the per- most perfect answers we've gotten. I think that's one of my favorites. They would they would hug each other to console each other every time something went bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> Tricky T steps on some ornaments, <laughs> Trent gives him a hug. <laughs> Vice versa, Trent gets his hand burned or his, his hair on fire his hat on fire then he gets hugged by chucky t i like it lots of hugging i like this one uh, at big tank 1324 with uh team hell no yeah <laughs> kane and and daniel bryan because they were such a such goofs together they really were i say hell yes to team hell no <laughs> as a choice for the wet bandits at v-e-r-b-o-s-c-a mcfoley and doink <laughs> i like that combo definitely would be a funny pair uh, at Michael Chow TV, Corbin and Ziggler. I mean, come on now. There must be at least one dog food trap. <laughs> Kevin equals Jigsaw. So laying all these ridiculous traps. And then he put a gif of Corbin screaming, no! <laughs> at Phantom Lord 87 Taguchi and Yanu. I think the Y speaks for itself. <laughs> and our great friend at Dave Pazeski says, oh my God, that's such a great pairing. I could see a Japanese version of Home Alone with those two in it. Mm. And Andrew replied, I'd watch it. <laughs> I would too. And honestly, I was thinking of Yanu for the partner with Sammy Callahan. That was going to be my ultimate pair. But because someone said Yanu, I was like, I'm not putting him in my answer. That's why I went with Colt instead. If you're going to bring a Japanese guy, you bring the Tokyo pimp and his little scantily clad girl would distract Kevin and then they'd just walk in and he'd be all distracted by the girl and they'd just walk right in and That's rob the not place. like Home Alone. <laughs> I know. That I, would not work. I'm You're bringing, rewriting the whole movie. I know. I'm bringing the dark side to all of it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Good guy Dave at Dave Pazewski. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because of their chemistry together in and out of the ring, their history, and how funny they can be together. They even look the part too. They definitely look the part. I <laughs> yeah. like it a lot. Yep, I agree. And Sami Zayn just would be the perfect Marv. And again, I could have picked Sami Zayn to go with Sammy Callahan. You two could've. Sammys, but I didn't want to reuse the same wrestlers as anybody else. At Kel Will 9, the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby and sweet Stan, they would job to the best of their abilities and make Kevin look really brave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. At WrestleNalia. Uh, Brizango being like they were during the fashion files. They'd fall for every trick in the book while thinking they're winning. They would only stickily steal the best scarves and hats, <laughs> and they'd pose brilliantly for the Polaroids. <laughs> I love that. That's a lot in reference to Home Alone 2, where they're the sticky bandits, and they're stealing scarves with Marv's sticky tape on his hands. So instead... Instead of just stealing any hat, they have to steal, like, fashionable hats and scarves. What an amazing answer. That's one of my favorites, too. That's definitely in the top three answers that I've read. At noob underscore n underscore co 1991, the Kabuki Warriors, after what happened when they set up the trap for Becky, imagine how creative Asuka and Kari Sane <laughs> will do on making traps against the Wet Bandits. Oh, I think this was a, actually an answer left over that we didn't get to read from when we recast wrestlers to help Kevin. Yeah. See how they say against the wet bandits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a great answer that we should have put last week, but we didn't have it in there. And they they put it on this week's question. Right. But I think they meant for last week. I think so, too. Yeah. It's a great answer for helping Kevin out. Yeah. Because, like, you know, tying Becky to the ladder. Yeah. Imagine tying Marvin Harry to the ladder. Both sides of the ladder. Each one on each side. I like it a lot. So great answers for this week's question, and one good answer for last week's question. I love it all. So many. And one great answer here on the set. Oh, just one? Just one. 
<laughs> you hated my answers. You know, I was going to go with Scott Steiner as the funny guy with Sammy Callahan or Juice Robinson because Sammy and Juice really did team together in New Japan. Yeah. As Death Juice. Death Juice. Maybe I should have picked them. That'd be that'd be good, too. Yeah, I mean, well, they actually tagged together, so. Yeah. I think they were called Death Juice. Because Sammy, Sammy Callahan, Death Machine, mm-hmm. Juice, Death Juice. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just explaining it to you noobs. Me and you. <laughs> anyway. All right. You got a tweet of the week? Uh, no. <laughs> Actually, I do. You know, I mentioned this in our live stream. Cody Rhodes tweeted, I thought this was a really powerful tweet. He tweeted that he was really excited to be back in the building in Corpus Christi for AEW Dynamite. And he said that it meant a lot to be there. He tweeted out a picture with him and his dad sitting on like a stairwell. And then he, next to it, he tweeted a picture of him just sitting on the stairs. So obviously that has a lot of memories for him with his dad. And to me, I think that's a wonderful tweet of the week. That's more powerful and not really fun. I usually go funny, but I thought this one was really sweet and heartfelt. And it was kind of cool to see a throwback, throwback picture of Cody and his dad. Yep. Uh, we got a few reminders as well before we uh, leave you. Uh, make sure you check out our Final Battle, TLC, and AEW reviews for more in-depth de- in discussion of all those shows that we hit on in this show. Yeah. Uh, you have got an either-or coming up, mm-hmm. so be on the lookout for that. Either-or Matt Riddle or Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. Right. And you've got uh, a news video coming out. Or will be out, I guess, by the time this drops. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then again, no raw review next week, uh, but we will be back next week instead of AEW. We'll do NXT. We'll do an NXT review. So it'll be a- special. Yeah, because AEW's taking the week off, so we'll do an NXT review just to do. <laughs> it'll be on Christmas night. We have to be home, which we will be. Uh, yeah, we should uh, be back and done with everything by then. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. If, no if, rest if, for the weary. If not, I'm going to be very unhappy. <laughs> Why? If we're not back home by nighttime, by after NXT, that means it's been a long day. I guess. <laughs> I don't mind hanging out with my parents. I didn't say that. I mean, that's what you're implying. Well, we're going to get there in the morning, I would think, right? My dad doesn't even get home till noon. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Why are we having this discussion on the air? I don't know. <laughs> uh, See how mean Paul is, guys? He doesn't even want to hang out with my parents. Uh-huh, that's what it is. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to you guys, huh? And you hear how he, how things are <laughs> twisted. I just don't want a long day. That's all I said. <laughs> Whatevs. All right. You want to thank our Patreons? <laughs> yes. Thank you to our Patreons, Jason Spann, Nate at Psycho Nigiri, who had a great answer tonight. And, of course, our great friend at Smart to Death, Charles Fitzpatrick, Nigel Coleman at Nacho Coalmine, our great friends Graham and Mason at MGB Wrestling Pod, and Alex. Thank you all so very much. And thank you to you guys who are either listening or watching at home. We really appreciate it. And we want to wish you a happy holiday season. Yeah, if you're not uh, not watching any of the other videos on uh, Wrestling News Co. between now and uh, Christmas, Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to those of you celebrating Hanukkah. And there's like a billion other holidays. Yeah. Kwanzaa? I don't know when that is. Yeah. There's lots of good holidays. And for those of you who are celebrating Festivus, (laughs) uh, I'll be airing some grievances later. Yeah. Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) I've got plenty of grievances with you. (laughs) Cool. Let's, uh, what do we do? Wrestle or something? Yeah, exactly. We have got to have a Christmas Christmas aluminum pole that's not decorated at all. We'll set that up later yeah. <laughs> and then perform the ceremonies. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll be we'll be sure to film it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so very much. Again, happy holidays. 
until next time, that's it for us. That's the finish.